a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the KSL Movie Show with Doug Wright and Steve Sales. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Doug Wright on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Wait, there's more of this opening, you know, that we're totally unfamiliar with. How are your tomatoes doing? You know, well, actually, can you imagine how many crestfallen gardeners are right now going, What's this thing on a Saturday morning on KSL? Where's the greenhouse show? Well, it was a bloodless coup. Okay, explain this because we we, don't want people to... We took over the greenhouse show. Nobody was harmed. No pets, no animals, no nothing were harmed. We don't have the gang tied up somewhere. No, we don't. (laughs) Marie isn't tied up, duct taped in the corner or anything. It's a special edition of the movie show for the Sundance Film Festival. And since the Sundance Film Festival now kind of has an epicenter home in the heart of of downtown Salt Lake City. You know, there's been a tradition, you know, for, and of course, the last couple of years, total anomaly, you yeah. know, totally online and then kind of a hybrid. And now we're at least quote unquote back to normal, whatever in the world that means in this post pandemic world. But in the heart of downtown Salt Lake City, they have basically partnered with the Megaplex Theaters and the Gateway, which is state of the art in the known universe. In the, yeah. You know, and, and beyond. Yeah, and, and yeah, this universe and beyond. Uh, this is kind of the downtown home of the Sundance Film Festival. Of course, you know, the epicenter is Park City, of course, but holy Can you imagine cow. how many filmmakers are like, can I, can I put my film down as a gateway, please? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, yeah, we, we love the Park City Library, which I really do. Oh, it's fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. But if you're, like, if you're looking for state-of-the-art technology, I love the Egyptian Theater. I oh, mean, yeah, what a, what a treasure that place, is. Yeah. But, oh, my goodness, if you're looking for state-of-the-art. And Eccles is a nice theater, too. You know, I've heard that. Oh, you've never been in that one? No, I've been in there a gazillion. I happen to know, folks, I have been there. Well, I've been there, too. Even before it opened opened to the public, I was there for a special performance. Well, aren't you precious? (laughs) Yes, aren't I precious? So, Steve, since we are (laughs) basically did a bloodless coup on the uh, Greenhouse Show... I so want no to, plants were harmed in the making of this I show. I want to share my favorite top three movies about gardening and plants oh. and so on. The number one, well, let's, let's go number three. Is Clive Owen starring in Green Fingers? That is a great movie about the prisoners who actually got the attention of the queen and the garden club thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Helen Mirren starred in that along with Clive Owen. So that is an excellent one. And then, of course, Little Shop of Horrors. I was going to say Little Shop. Audrey, too, you've, you've just got to recognize, you know, best performance by a plant ever, you know, right there. An omnivore plant. And, <laughs> well, there are others that oh, are omnivores. True. And then, of course, the number one movie about gardening and the glory of gardening and the sweetness of gardening and the, the reparatory of your soul type okay. gar- gardening. I just made all Color that up. Color me curious. Secret Garden. 
Oh. Am I right or am I right? So what's your favorite gardening movie? Well, I was going to say Little Shop of Horrors, but of I also course. <laughs> seem to remember Calendar Girls being a Calendar Girls was all about the gardening club and everything else and yeah. you know very and and the the husband who was dying in that movie, remember he compared, you know, the, the women and their beauty to the flowers. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. thought it was so cool. So, yeah, no, that yeah, probably be yeah. It was kind of a social club too, not just a gardening thing. It was it was a unique deal. So, yeah. And so you're racking your brain for well, everyone? I, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what else I've seen. Well, you can take gardening. one of mine, Secret Garden, and then people think you're actually sensitive. Well, that would be th- Yeah, I know. That would be thievery. false advertising, of course. Oh, I was thinking. <laughs> what? Just plagiarizing. But- plagiarizing. Well, that too. <clears throat> well, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's really fun to be with you this morning here on the movie show. and We've got a plethora of great gifts. Uh, gifts. Well, that too, thanks to the Megaplex Theaters. But the Utah Film Commissioner has deigned to join us twice in the last month. Wow, that is. Yeah, the commish herself, Virginia we're Pierce. Have to raise her salary. We'll, yeah, I know. We're Well, like we do with Dee. You know, I mean, Dee's appearances on the movie show, we quadruple her salary Every often. week. You know, we'll do that. We're going to double, double what we normally pay. It's kind of an executive decision there. Oh, I, I'm the executive. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. <laughs> Nobody else knows that, but I do. So, yeah, Virginia, we're going to double what we pay her. That seems fair. Because two times zero is still zero. Oh, yeah. See, it's easy to do. Plus, Jake Van Wagener will be joining us yesterday. You know, the uh, you know my parents were abducted by aliens, and I'm kind of feeling left out. That's actually the title. That's actually the title. We're not making that up. But uh, Jake is the director. Yesterday we talked with the screenwriter and so on, so that's going to be fun. We're going to – our own Heather Kelly, uh, who kind of looked into the Sundance Film, Film Festival and kind of what – regular people who maybe kind of don't have the ins and outs you know things that you can do that really make the sundance film festival enjoyable it's kind of like the olympics a little bit you know on a a little bit smaller scale maybe but remember how many fun things there were kind of around the edges oh yeah that you could do and it was fun and it was free or cheap and you know so we're going to musicians come up all kinds of things yeah so we're going to get into that and uh, you remember, it was uh, a little over a week ago that we talked with, uh, talked with John Nine, who is the Sundance senior programmer. And yeah. boy, when I saw that he is into the restoration projects oh, yeah. and everything for Sundance. And I so appreciate that when any movie organization, whatever it, it might be, devotes a lot of their energy to restoring film and, you know, preserving film. That means a lot to me. Like, TCM's really big on that. Library of Congress, of course, sure. does that. A lot of a lot of the studios. But, boy, when I found that out, we have got to have him back on the program and talk to him exclusively about that. But when we interviewed John a little over a week ago, uh, we just talked about Sundance and how it's going to be this year. We're about halfway through the festival now, so it's going to be, well, a little bit more than that. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit more than that because tomorrow's kind of the grand finale. Yeah. So, anyway, we're, we're going to replay a little bit of that interview. So, we have loads of stuff. And you've done a lot of research, you know, some of the things that are really hot and some of the things that are selling. And then you put together, I put together my favorite gardening movies because I am such a sensitive soul since we just totally overtook the greenhouse show today. Yeah. But you've got your top ten Sundance. Do you, are you going to ask me to do the top ten opening for that? I'm, I'm sure you don't want to do it without that. A little I later on in the program. I really didn't think that through, did I? Think of how many victims. I mean, uh, listeners this morning have never heard that before. Because we, we have a Yeah, whole, that should sell it. We have a whole new garden of victims out there for the movie show today. Wow. 
Yeah. Be afraid. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Yep. Now I don't. I'm trying to figure out which uh, which microphone is He's Jeff. It's got to be right on. here. It's right there. Is this is this Jeff's? Okay. Jeff, how you doing over there? I'm I'm doing well. I'm I'm trying to get my gardening tips ready to go. Yeah, your gardening <laughs> tips. What is your number one gardening tip? Do not water the plants with gasoline. I I hold I hold the uh, the uneducated <laughs> part of the garden. Equipment. My wife is the genius when it comes to the green yeah. thumbs. So I, I grew up in L.A. In a, in a sea of cement. <laughs> a sea of cement. Now, I do have some credentials. It's in my DNA somewhere, although it has yet to emerge in me. But my great-uncle Frank was the head gardener at the Jordan Park and was over the Peace Gardens and everything else. He could make anything grow. But uh, me, it's pretty spotty. See, I've, I've had to do expert-level uh, research into the... the Pop, proper way to pop popcorn, and, and so I'm, I'm, I, we're, we're watching popcorn futures all the time here at Megaplex. Well, when you sure when you came up with the Cheetos idea, I have to, I have to tell you now that might have been your magnum opus there. Well, growing Cheetos is its own separate. You know, I've always wondered how you grow them, and when do you have to pick them? How do you know when they're ripe? Exactly. I don't it's, know. it's right out of the spaghetti festival technology yeah. that happens in Italy. It's, well, you sure don't want to overwater them. Well. All as well. No. <laughs> I managed to murder a cactus. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. How do you do that? I mean, water it once a month, dude. Come on. <laughs> Boy, imagine if you had a home in Eureka, there'd be no sagebrush, there'd be no pinions, there'd be no junipers, there'd be no... No Doug. No t- <laughs> Gardeners everywhere holding okay. their breath as we have this conversation. Hey, we are so excited about today's show and to be here. You know, we've, we've done shows. Uh, as a matter of fact, KSL, almost a year ago, not quite, about nine months ago, we celebrated our 100th anniversary, you know, here at the Megaplex uh, Theater in downtown Salt Lake City at Gateway. That was part of our celebration. We were here for kind of the re-grand opening. Steve and I got a tour of this place when it looked like, you know, something out of Indiana Jones and you were mining the theaters. I mean, it was, was this, amazing. For, uh, you know, I hope that there is no one who used to be familiar with the downtown theaters of Megaplex, who have not been back to see the transition here. It is spectacular, and no wonder Sundance wanted this to be the epicenter. We have had guests in all week long who have who have not been in the building since the makeover, and they are stunned. Yeah. Uh, it, it is fascinating watching not only the locals react, but people who are coming back to Sundance who, who do a regular you know, an annual pilgrimage yeah. and have been to the theaters here in this in this complex before um, to, to just be amazed at the makeover, the, the transition that this building has gone through. You know, and you think of the, the long now legacy, and we were talking about that with Virginia going clear back. I mean, the, the Sundance Film Festival, and then prior to that, the, uh, the U.S. Film Festival, yeah. and then the U.S. Film Festival and Video Festival and everything else. But, you know, many of us can remember the days, uh, they're just a little bit from where we're sitting right now. You'd go down to the basement of the, the Crossroads Mall, and they'd be doing the uh, premiere there. And, boy, the evolution on the technology has just been absolutely amazing. So we are just delighted to be here, share this event, the Sundance Film Festival, with uh, all the great people at Sundance and, of course, here at Megaplex Theaters. And I understand that we're going to be talking maybe with the Big Kahuna a little while later. We have, we have some folks hopefully on their way that all will right. be joining us. Uh, from the Megaplex Theaters. And then, of course, as we've already mentioned, from the Utah Film Commission, we're going to talk with people who are actually making films or have made a film for this year's festival 
and a plethora of things. All coming up here on the movie show, Never Fear, the Greenhouse Program. We'll be back again. I'm a big Greenhouse fan. I am, too. When I'm driving down to Eureka, I'm always, you know, listening and, you know, trying to go, okay. It's amazing with those people. Oh, it's, it's incredible. And the expertise that they bring in. So, you know, rest assured. And by the way, if anybody has a favorite gardening movie, we can do this, can't we, Gustavo? They can text it to us. What number should they text it to? What's your personal home phone number? <laughs> and what, what is your social security number and your bank account number and your mother's maiden name? One, two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> that seems suspect. Yeah, where, where, where should they text it? What, what would be safe? I mean... We're, we're working on that. We'll tell you in a second. Yeah. Please stand by. Gustavo's going over to pray about that. So, anyway, we'll take a brief break, and we will be re- <laughs> Heaven only knows please, what that'll bring. Please make him stop. Literally. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gustavo's going over there. Oh, please. How did I, what did I do wrong in a preexistence that made me the movie show producer? Can you imagine? What, a, what an honor and a thrill. What an honor and a thrill. It is for For Gustavo. 820 here at KSL. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with more of this Sundance edition of the movie show. It's the world famous KSL movie show on KSL News Radio. Well, here we are hanging out with our friends at the Megaplex Theater today. We probably ought to give a little rundown of what's going to be happening on the program today. I have to tell you, I'm really looking forward to our conversation with uh, Heather Kelly. First of all, Heather's just a a delight. Love working with her at uh, KSL over the years. And uh, she's taken a look at uh, the Sundance Film Festival isn't just about movies. There are other fun things that you can do, too, if you are not among the chic and elite. Oh, you remember the the little pins that Robert Redford had made a few years ago? Like, we're here to see movies. Movies. Well, you know, he he kind of, he got up on his hind legs, uh, what was it, a little over 10 years ago. When it it was becoming way too Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, you know, those who are famous for being famous right. were here, had nothing to do with the filmmaking. Paris Hilton's. Yeah, and things like that. And, I mean, that's that's the fun thing. And and it's ebbed and flowed a little bit over the years. And there have been some <laughs> some slippage, and then there have been a re- regain and so on. I get the stargazing. That- yeah, I get it, too. And, I mean, who doesn't love that? I mean, the year that Brian Wilson was meandering up and down Main Street when uh, Love and Mercy came out. and Or Nick Nolte crossing the street in his robe and yeah. his hair all jacked up. I mean, and uh, Wilson would just sit down, go into a, you know, everybody go, wow. And he'd go, you have a piano? And he'd play a little bit. I mean, really cool. Everybody loves that kind of stuff, except our interview with uh, Steven Seagal was oh, not man. maybe one of the highlights. It wasn't his best day. Uh, it wasn't his best day. We did have Cheech Marin on, though. But I'll tell you, there was a golden time. Didn't we have Roy Disney on? Yeah, well, I had Roy Disney on once uh, down at Disney World. Uh, Disneyland, excuse me. It seemed like somebody. It's Roy Jr., though, of course. You know, I mean, Roy Sr. was, was way too old. But, uh, yeah, we, we had him on. We've had a lot of great people. But the golden one. And this is kind of uh, BS before Steve, and it was... <laughs> which is appropriate. Which is totally appropriate. But Chris Hicks and I were up at the Yarrow, and this is back when Sundance had a particular emphasis on, you know, we're not going to go Hollywood on everybody. We're going to have Hollywood here, but we're not going to go Hollywood. We want local press. I mean, I can remember... Oh, yeah, I remember that, too. Uh, oh, and Chris Hicks and, you know, the, uh, I mean, Sean Means and, and others who still, you know, get royal treatment. But it was spectacular then. But we did a show up there, and we had so many amazing people. 
Winona Ryder was on the show when she was just, you know, Raul Julia. I mentioned that before, or Julia, whichever you prefer. He was on. He was so much fun. Robert Stack was. I mean, we talked about his days with the Mercury Theater and, you know, with Orson Welles and the Untouchables and all the movies that he made back in the day. And it was just. I mean, it was incredible. I've still got a lot of photographs. Uh, that we're taking. Like we hijacked there. somebody off the street. Was it Angela Bassett? Or? Oh, we we got all kinds of of folks. I mean, we've had a lot of fun over the years, and so it's uh, it's 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 a big deal. The Sundance Film Festival is a lot of fun, and I'm really interested to. Well, talk. I'm proud that it's been here in Utah. Oh yeah, no kidding, time. no kidding. And a couple of years ago, when we celebrated the uh, whatever anniversary, I'm almost hesitant to say the name, but but I mean. It was 1969, so this was ni- uh, you know 2019 that they celebrated the anniversary of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance oh, Kid, 50 man. years, and uh, Robert Redford was not there, but Lisa Redford was there, and the governor was there at that time, Gary Herbert, and they both talked about Utah and the film festival and how it had grown over the years, and the governor. You know, talked about the millions, tens of millions of dollars each year. Yeah. Not overall. Right. I mean, the the overall number is just staggering. But, you know, $40 million at least comes into the Utah economy because of the Sundance Film Festival. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a big, big deal. Yeah. So we're going to talk with the Utah Film Commissioner. Virginia Pierce, Jake Van Wagener, as I mentioned, will also be joining us. We'll uh, replay our interview with John Nine, the Sundance senior programmer. Uh, I was started off with Heather Kelly, who will also be joining us. So there are lots of things for even we, quote, unquote, well, <laughs> to say normal on the movie show is not quite right. But for those or Abby, accurate. Abby normal folks like us, yeah. you know, there are so many things you can enjoy that uh, surround the Sundance Film Festival and Steve, you got some good stuff. Let's let's just for a moment just talk about a couple of the films that are getting some pretty good buzz right oh, now, sure. and uh, maybe even have been snapped up. It's it's amazing some of these filmmakers who like Rodriguez back in the day, you know, who are are filming on fret credit cards and shopping carts. Yeah, and I'm not kidding. Yeah, El Mariachi that. would be that exactly, and you know, and then they sell, and all of a sudden. They're not talking about, I'm over my limit on the credit card. They're talking about, we sold this for how many millions? It's pretty cool. An interesting dynamic this year because because the theater disruption, uh, some of these films are not getting bought. Is that you'd normally think that they would. Uh, Netflix has picked up some stuff. MTV yeah. has picked up some stuff. Uh, Searchlight has gotten... But the big movie that opened the opening night, it was called Radical. This is the Eubinio Derbez uh, film. Uh, where he's a teacher in a small town in Mexico, and he's kind of a radical, cool yeah. teacher, sort of like you know, stand and deliver kind of right. stuff. Right, right. Uh, that was uh, one of the audience winners, and we'll we'll be seeing that fairly soon. Oh, good. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about on the program, and we have a real tyrant who is uh, back in the studio, and he's he's watching. D A D. He's watching the Dead Air Dave is <laughs> is actually piloting the show on a technical way. And That's and a very you know so frightening. It is so scary for those of us on the movie show, and he he actually <laughs> is is kind it. of insisting that we be kind of on time today. All right, well there you go. I know Take I th- I think we're we're going to hit it right on the nose. We're coming up on eight thirty here at KSL News Radio. The movie show. It ain't about how hard you hit. 
It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done on KSL News Radio. Yeah, that's a perfect description of the movie show. Hard hitting and moving forward. Or Just, fifteen rounds in or a fifteen in, rounds were in on a the, spit no, bucket. No, in fifteen seconds we're on the floor. So, all right, on the mat is a better way of putting it. But here we'd be on the floor. Yeah, I mean sure. we we need to be accurate on this show, which we. <laughs> I know, I know. That's a, look who's here. I mean, we've already talking with Jeff, talked with Jeff V Whipple now. And which now, he's actually changed his middle name to the. <laughs> I know it's official. It's it's on his birth certificate now, but we also have Larry books all of the films. And I'm learning so much more. I mean, you know, we think we know a guy. I didn't know he was a puppeteer for Disney. Did you know he was a puppeteer for Disney? I heard you Disney? talking about it when I went to get a drink. I'm like, yeah, what? That's really man cool. Man of many talents. Man of so many who talents. Was your, uh, that who was I your main... secret to myself, but yeah, thank what you was for your... telling the world now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, and you mentioned it started during the uh, the Lion King? That's... Yeah, there there used to be, um, it was Legend of the Lion King in the Magic Kingdom Park in Orlando, and it was all it was all puppets. Um, and I played uh, Pumbaa's butt, um, a <laughs> well, hyena. Well, there you go. You put that on uh, a resume. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's what yeah. landed him the job here. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they go, oh, anybody who's been Pumbaa's I'm at the wrong end of Pumbaa. That's right. <laughs> well, now, see the things you learn on the movie show. Hey, by the way. That. I won't be invited back. I understand <clears> that. <throat> <now. done. laughs> by the way, since we have hijacked the Greenhouse Show, and you mentioned you were listening on the, on the way in. So it's mandatory on the program, and you know, Blake's going, do I have to do this too? But you've got to tell us your favorite gardening movie or gardening moment in a movie because, you know, the movie show has kind of taken away the gardening time today. Yeah, I think, I mean, racking my brain initially, <laughs> running through anything that had to do with plants, um, Alice in Wonderland jumped to my mind. Yeah. It's one of my family's favorites, you know, yeah. from the... The, the singing with the flowers and the yeah. painting the roses red. So that's got to be gardening to some degree, Oh, that's right? gardening. Absolutely. You know, so, I mentioned I mean, to you guys I have a secret one that I've been kind of keeping up my sleeve. This is favorite. And we even see a little bit of this in a current very popular TV series as well. But in the Adams Family movie, when Morticia goes into her garden, she clips the top of all the roses off and throws them away. <laughs> That's and it's a, and then when when they put a bouquet there, it's nothing but the thorns. <laughs> so, uh, that's not bad. That's a great pull. Huh? My huh? my daughter, it's her favorite character is Wednesday Adams. So the series and the films, animated and live action, you know, yeah. So that's a great one. I love it when she goes into the graveyard. Mom's there on visiting day for the grand, you know, for the for the parents, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, Gomez gets busted for, you know, a murder. Yeah, and he <laughs> didn't would, really commit. Minor detail. But off goes Morticia into the cemetery, and she's got a beautiful rose, and she just rips the head <laughs> off of it and puts the stem with the thorns down on this guy's grave. Nothing but respect. Nothing I've but got respect. one. This is gardening, right? Pineapple Express? Oh, that one. Pineapple <laughs> that's, Express. Well, that is. No, wrong oh, kind of gardening. Okay. I, no. Okay. There's yeah. gardening. You're into herbs now. Okay. <laughs> oh, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're being motioned off. Okay, it's uh, time for Larry to be through. Give him the hook. By, uh, by the way, well, I'm, I'm going to well, say. Well, that be Cheech and up in smoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a certain kind of plant, I imagine. Okay, let's talk about, think about that. We were talking about the genesis of this. 
And, you know, back in the old days, usually, this is long before the LHM Megaplex theaters were in existence, a lot of things have always happened with Sundance downtown, even up in Ogden at the old Egyptian and, you know, it, you know, <laughs> some pretty interesting places over the years, including the Blue Mouse, but a lot of people don't even remember anymore. But the idea of having it come to one of the state-of-the-art Larry H. Miller Megaplex theaters, this was this is something you've been working on for a long time. Yeah, we've been in talks um, with Sundance for quite a while. Uh, we got thrown a curveball with um, the pandemic, and yeah. as and, a few people might, uh, have. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's uh, sympathetic to that. So um, it took a little bit longer, um, but I, it also allowed our first uh, foray with with Sundance to include the the beautiful remodel here at the gateway. Um, and I think it, it's made, it's, it's one of those blessings in disguise, you know, it took a little bit longer for us to get across the finish line, but now we we're really presenting, uh, the most amazing experience, I think, to, to Sundance, to the filmmakers, to the guests, um, you know, and so we're really proud of what we've been able to do here, but yeah, it's, it's, it was, um, Several years that we were we've been talking about this. So yeah, Mr. The Whipple a few moments ago made uh, the comment off the air that one of the filmmakers and you, you think these guys have seen it, you know, through the lens of the camera. They have blocked it out. They have you know read the script over and over. They have seen it uh, when it's still quote unquote however they do it now, but on the cutting room floor. They've seen you know rushes on things, and I don't even know what the terminology is in the digital dailies. world. Dailies. There we go. Dailies, because that can be anything. They've seen it at, at premieres and presentations and so on. And some of the filmmakers are saying, I have never seen my film look this good. All digital here, state of the art. Well, and our, our head of digital projection, the way he put it, is that's the power of the laser. Because here we're 100% laser projectors as well. Every auditorium has the Atmos sound. Um, so we really give everybody just that first class uh, right. viewing experience that must be a thrill especially for some of the filmmakers that have you know we joke about this but it's no joke some of them really do this movie has been produced on love devotion credit cards and shopping carts and you know we've actually talked to filmmakers who have done exactly that some local some now that are legendary and for them to see their film something that they've just bled for for years on you know, a screen here has to be a thrill. Films are, are children to the to the filmmakers, oh, yeah. you know, and we deal with that uh, or I deal with that on a on a weekly basis, just dealing with the distribution end of opening up films, you know, and protecting their runs in, in theaters. And and those are from the, the teams that are just distributing the films, not even the filmmakers themselves. And so we were very vocal about being confident that we could be the best way for yeah. these filmmakers for the first time to get their, their, their film out to people, to have that presentation and have that experience that they've never felt before in a theater. And, um, you know, knock on wood, we're delivering and, and, and everyone's really happy about it. Since you're the guy that books all the films for now, you know, over 100 screens. And, I mean, it, when I think of, you know, how many theaters and how many screens now, you know, if we could, can you hang around for a few more sure. minutes? You know that we'll uh, we're going to talk with Heather Kelly here in in just a moment, but maybe after the top of the hour, we could. Uh, I think Virginia Pierce is going to join us, and maybe you can hang in with her. But what it actually means to exhibitors like yourself, 
when a film does well at Sundance. I mean, what a difference that makes at a box office, how you go about acquiring them. A lot of people, I'm, I'm not familiar with much of that process. So hang in with us. We'll be talking with uh, more of our great guests from Sundance, from the Megaplex Theaters, and, of course, from the Utah Film Commission. Uh, so Jake Van Wagener will be joining us, talking about his new movie that we talked about yesterday with the screenwriter. So that's all coming up here on the movie show at KSL News Radio. Stay with us. More to come. We're going to be talking with our own Heather Kelly, KSL reporter, coming up about her article that has been published. The Sundance Film Festival isn't just about movies. The Movie Show. Spock, you haven't changed a bit. You're just as warm and sociable as ever. No, have you, Doctor? As your continued predilection for irrelevancy demonstrates. On KSL <laughs> News Radio. Predilection for irrelevancy. That's brilliant. That sounds like something Wednesday Adams would say <laughs> and Spock at the same time. Hey, you know, we are really pleased to have uh, one of our favorite people at KSL, uh, Heather Kelly, joining us here on the movie show. You know, every time I walk into the studio or into the newsroom and I see Heather, it's just a you know, ray of sunshine. I, Heather, I really oh. appreciate you. You know, getting up before noon on a Saturday and uh, <laughs> joining us here on the, you know, we still drag her under the bus, right? And uh, joining right. us here on the movie show. You got to tell us about, I, I love this title, the Sundance Film Festival isn't just about movies. What is it about? How dare you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it's about panels and learning more about more things than you even knew you needed to know about. So I, it's really fun if you are just going to either people watch or just check out stuff that happens in and around the Sundance Film Festival. I thought it was interesting when I was reading your article that uh, one of the most popular panels this year was one called Audiences Want Climate Stories. You know, since the very beginning, mm. the Sundance Film Festival is about small filmmakers, documentary filmmakers, things like that, you know, kind of just on the, the outskirts and occasionally a foot into Hollywood. But, you know, a little different theme for the Sundance Film Festival. And, you know, that, that, would, be an in, I, that would have been an interesting thing to see, you know, what audiences yeah. indeed want climate stories. They do, and it's not just the big disaster movies that we see that because the climate is changing. We're talking about, at least the panel was talking about, the personal stories that you have, whether your home has flooded because of all the increased rain and snow that we're seeing, especially in the western United States. It, it could be the wildfires. Your your home has been burned. Uh, it You know, it could just be you can't grow your tomatoes that you want to grow anymore in your garden because you don't have enough water to water them. Yeah. It's these little personal things that uh, what the panel discovered or at least talked about, that's what audiences want to hear. The more personal stories to them, which are related to climate. You know, even Steve and I have fessed up as much as we love the movies and so on. And, you know, you don't want this to go crazy. So it's, you know, just all about Hollywood and all about celebrity and everything else. But it's kind of fun to celebrity watch. And you mentioned that, you know, big attractions for the movie festival goers, films, of course, but the chance to see celebrities as well. Yeah, and they have a lot of the celebrities at the premiere of these movies that are, that are at the film festivals. The premiere, they will have a question and answer a panel after the premiere, but you have to pay extra money for those if you're going to go to that premiere and you're going to have the stars there. So a lot of my article was talking about 
things that you can go to on the cheap or for nothing at all. And one of my favorites was actually a place where you could learn how to do latte art. <laughs> there was a there was an, a world renowned artist there teaching you how to dye your milk foam and make pretty pictures, and he called it being the Bob Ross of of of, of latte art. I would think that would be art. like sidewalk art, you, you know, know like, that... it's there one minute and gone the next. That is amazing. What are some of the other things, too, that uh, you've noticed when, and, and again, this is such a great theme, that it's not just about sitting down and watching the movie. There's so many things that go on around it. What are some of the other things that caught your attention, Heather? Well, uh, there are a lot of these houses out there now where you can go either to mix with diversity or if you feel like there isn't enough diversity in your life, um, you know, go to these places where you feel more included. Uh, there's the Latinx house. There was the Black Indies filmmaker house. There was the Sunrise Collective house, which concentrated on Asian American and Pacific Islander community. But they also had panels in there that were free, and they talked about how their stories, the stories that we don't normally see in television and movies, are now being told because production companies are figuring out that if you show these personalized stories, whether it's of climate change or someone of Asian descent, People will come. More people will come. Audience come. And they usually pay more money for streaming services if they see their own stories reflected back at them. It's interesting. There, there's a line in your article, and uh, you're quoting someone who said, it was the first time I ever saw a character I really identified with. And this person went on to say, you know, it's absolutely a myth to think, for example, that only Asians show up for Asian films. And, you know, it, it is amazing. Movies, I think, have added so much over the years to the diversity of, of our world and our understanding and our cultures. And it, it, it's a fascinating thing. And I mean, this is a dubious quote to make, but it was, it was Stalin who once said, there's, there's no force in the world as powerful as a movie. It, it's amazing what a movie can do. Yeah, that's the thing that, that I really discovered in going to a lot of these panels and visiting these houses and talking to the people participating on, on the panels is that authenticity is what draws people in. And it really doesn't matter if the authentic story is looks like you, you know, in physicality. It just matters that what that character is going through is authentic. So if so, what the, a lot of these panel speakers were talking about was, hey, we just want authentic stories told, whether you're struggling to grow your crops or your house is burned down or whatever it is. People will show up for that story, and if we can make those people now of Asian descent, that are black, indigenous Americans, whatever it is, we need to be more inclusive of, of the type of people we show, but the story has to be authentic to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You know, who would have thought, uh, Heather and Steve and Jeff and everybody else who's listening, who would have thought when we were growing up and when we were kids, and Steve and I are kind of classic baby boomers, but good grief to think that some of the finest, the very best, and the most subtle and beautiful horror movies would come out of Korea. Yeah. Oh, South Korea is South amazing. Korea, they are amazing. Best vampire movie I've ever seen was out of there, yeah, Thirst. That's right. The Host was one of the yep. best scary monster movies I've ever seen. Oh, and then the, 
the road home and the oh, way home. There's just oh. beautiful human stories yeah. that we see, and uh, you know that that's a great thing about Hollywood. Uh, just a final quick question for you, Heather, as you were working on this article, did you did you have an aha moment? Like, because as I read through your article, there are lots of things I'd never thought of. Uh, for one thing, the latte art is something I've never really <laughs> sat down and <laughs> contemplated. Although I, I'm probably going to be doing much more of that very soon. But was there an aha moment for you? I think for me, it was the vision of telling the authentic story, because if you tell stories of what people go through, whether it's tragedy or triumph, it doesn't matter. If it feels more personalized, it really doesn't matter who we're looking at on the screen as long as it feels personal to me. I see myself reflected. Boy, that's really and, And that's good. I do want to give one big shout out. Uh, one of the interviews I did was with the filmmakers of the documentary Bad Press. Oh, great. And it's about the fight for freedom of the press on Indian reservations in oh, the United I, States. I have got to watch that. Heather, i got to break for our news. Dead Air Dave is a, a taskmaster, so thank you <laughs> okay. for joining well, us. You're welcome. And it won a special jury award at the festival, just so you know bad press it's the ksl movie show with doug wright and steve sales the week's big movie review movie news games and prizes here's doug wright on ksl news radio 102.7 fm and 1160 a.m i have to admit i like all the reverb they put on my name on that promo. Yeah, that state. got a little crazy. Yeah, it was it was it was really Did good. Did you add that or <laughs> yeah, I snuck in at night and went crank that puppy up there a little bit. Hey the commish herself is here with us. Were you able to swallow the popcorn there? Yeah, uh, I'm ready. <laughs> she was wolfing down the popcorn just a second ago. Virgi- 9 a.m. popcorn. 9 a.m. Ooh, mm-hmm. nothing says Saturday morning like 9 a.m. popcorn. But see, we've been doing the 8 a.m. popcorn. Uh-huh. Now, you of course, you know ridiculously for those who might have just been tuning in and they're expecting the greenhouse show yeah we are paying homage and it was a bloodless coup everybody's fine maria's duct taped in the corner but she is unharmed (laughs) but you know the bottom line is just for this one week only because of the sundance film festival we have taken over this time slot and we're talking with everybody today about movies but in special consideration of the gardening fans out there, we've been talking about our favorite gardening movies so far. Now, see, am I right or am I right? The finest movie about gardening ever in the history of the world, Secret Garden. Am I right? Oh, yeah, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. I, I have to side with Doug on that And one. what about Green Fingers? Remember that? With yeah. Clive Owen and Helen Mirren about the prisoners who are on this special program and they create this amazing garden that came to the notice of the queen. Helen Mirren in this movie? I was thinking of Green Onions, so Herb Albert and the two want to Yeah, that's right. What about this one? Adam's family, where Morticia goes into her garden and clips all... <laughs> I'm getting a no, oh, we're digging. Getting a no we're digging sale for on that. this. And clips all of the tops off the roses and collects the thorn stems for her bouquet. Am I right or am I right? Well, every movie that goes by a pasture, we could throw those in there. Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> the, oh, see? the Larry, garden. Larry mentioned the that. The Rose Queen. The Rose, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so fried green tomatoes. Fried green tomatoes. I mean, that doesn't really talk about gardening. Absolutely. Yeah, it's more but, of a but it's more <laughs> where do you think them fried green tomatoes come from? Well, I don't want to know now. <laughs> yeah, well, come from the garden, Stephen. 
Virginia, it's great to have you here. Virginia Pierce is the film commissioner here in the state of Utah. So, so, tell us something cool. <laughs> yeah. Something cool? Yeah. That's my job. Every every time I come on. You bring yeah. something cool every time. That is cool. Twice in one month, though, that's got to be You know, and I've teased her so much about movies in Eureka that, that they're actually happening lately. Well, yeah, that was a cool thing. I met the theater teacher from Eureka High. Yeah, and I said, Tindic High hey, School, yeah. do you know Doug Wright? She, she goes, know. nah, we, we avoid that guy. Who's he? Uh, the unofficial uh, owner of Eureka. Right. No, the mayor calls me the godfather of Eureka. Ooh, the godfather. Oh, that's so smart. don't mess around oh, with me. Yeah. Just when I left, I they know very, me back in. <laughs> I know where the mine shafts are. <laughs> yeah, ooh. Right. So we got to talk about Sundance. Yes. This, this is a big deal. It's a big it's deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal around the world. But, boy, here in the state of Utah... You know, started off, you know, with fairly, you know, kind of interesting local roots and so on. Even went through a video phase. I, I actually have a, the cool thing about the start of the Sundance Film Festival is it was started by the Utah Film Commission. I know. That is so cool. Was that Lee Bunderich? No, it Before? was pre-Lee. Pre? Pre-Lee? Pre-Lee. Yeah. She kind of, yeah, she was, I think, in the middle, I don't remember her time yeah. frame, but... Um, yeah, they started the film festival to bring better films to the city and the state and more filmmakers, more attention to film. And then we had that interesting moment when video was just coming on, so it became film the and video. video. Yeah. And then, they had to call that out. And then, you know, we had this great little kind of smoldering fire going on, and then along comes a guy by the name of Robert Redford, and boy, he dumped the fire on that thing, the he gasoline, did. bam, all yeah. of a sudden. United it's States a, Film Festival. It was it? the U.S. Yeah. Film Festival, yeah. operated by Sundance Institute, and then then they changed the name to the yeah. Sundance Film Festival. It really is world-renowned. How long ago was that? I think it was 80, or 91, 80, 80, no, they, they took it over in 86. remember, yeah. Oh, do I have it? You 84? 84. 84. Yeah. That was the year of Blood Simple then. Yeah. Yeah. The Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers. Yeah. I remember everybody was just going, oh, we saw this movie. I know. You know? My mind. Man, it, it was just movie. incredible. Now, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, we've talked about this for filmmaking in general qu- quite a bit because many of us have so appreciated that years ago, uh, I believe it was under Governor Huntsman, we really took a quantum leap ahead, and we really started giving incentive money. It's just the way the game is played. It's like, you know, in, investing in research and development. And so, and then, you know, we kind of went a little stagnant for a while, and we started seeing some things being cherry-picked away, like Yellowstone and so mm-hmm. on. And the legislatures come around, and they coughed up some more money, but it's focused on rural Utah, which I don't mind at all. That's yeah. That's very cool. But, boy, how important is it for Utah to play the game? And what kind of it's dollars huge. are we talking about here? Well, it's so it's so great to see, you know, when the we've invested this additional funding, particularly in Utah, in rural Utah. And, you know, it was $12 million for the year. And we turned that into $143 million of economic impact in the state. And that's just what the films are spending when they're coming here so you know it's direct spend it's in rural parts it's all over the place i think it's been in with 12 counties outside of the wasatch front and you know those are some of the counties that don't see a ton of this you know san juan and uh tooele and emory and it's just really been gratifying to see and you know too and uh, you know i i 
Nephi, Jueb County, Eureka. I mean, and boy, and these, you know, how can I put it? You know, because, I mean, I I love our little counties. I have a foot in in both worlds here in the state of Utah. But we need this kind of stuff. We need the publicity. And the Mm -hmm. publicity is immeasurable. Yeah. It's just immeasurable. I remember Salma Hayek and, uh, and Peter Fonda told the story that uh, Peter Fonda, remember when he did all the motorcycle movies, not mm-hmm. not just the motorcycle movie, but he did a lot of them. And he said that he was coming back on his motorcycle on Highway 6, and he went through Eureka, Utah. He said, Sunday I'm going to come back here and make a movie. And he did, The Maldonado Miracle with Salma Hayek yeah. and Mirror Winningham and uh, Ruben Blades. and it, it, it's You never know. I mean, this plant seeds that are absolutely incredible. Well, and that's Jonathan Nolan, too. I mean, he used to come through here camping with his family and just had the idea that Utah was the West. Yeah. So when he created the series Westworld, he wanted to shoot it where his memories of you know the classic West was, and that was Utah. Yeah, yeah. So what does it mean to Utah? Uh, you know, like the Sundance Film Festival, for example. Let, yeah. Let's just talk about that. We don't have any current numbers. We've gone through a little thing that you might remember called a pandemic. A pandemic. Pandemic. But before that, the last real numbers we have, what yeah, is this they have. I mean, it's amazing. They so. They've got their state GDP from the 2020 film festival is 167 million. Wow. Um, it's you know bringing in almost 18 million dollars of state and local taxes, all, over 2,700 jobs supported. Uh, total festival attendance. I thought this was really interesting. It's 116,000. This was 2020. Non-Utah residents, 44,000. Utah residents, 72,000. So it's great. Like, people are actually seeing movies locally, mm. which I love, too. Boy, no kidding. And, you know, and the the buzz this year about kind of being back to normal becomes relative over time. But as close to normal as we've been for a long time. Virginia, can you stay a second more? And we'll sure. We'll take a quick break here, and we'll come back. We'll talk about some of the buzz and how people are reacting to kind of being back to quote-unquote normal. So stay with us. More of the movie show coming your way here at KSL News Radio. The movie show. Who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. The actor? On KSL News Radio. The movie show coming to you from the Megaplex Theaters in downtown Salt Lake City. Boy, talk about state of the art. Talk about an amazing place to have kind of the Salt Lake part of uh, the Sundance here. This is a big deal, isn't it, Virginia? It's so fun. It's so fun to be at the Gateway. It is such a gorgeous theater. And I had such a cool experience the other night because we did a special screening. And we show there's a short filmmaker who has a short this year. A film, I should say. Let me rearrange. A filmmaker (laughs) who has a short. He is not a short filmmaker uh who has a short in this year's festival his name's luis puente and his film is called i have no tears and i must cry and it's about the um, green card process and it's a gorgeous film he shot it uh in in utah county and he shot it digitally but then they transferred it to 16 millimeter film and so it has that just very beautiful quality and he's we screened it here at the gateway and he had tears in his eyes. He was just like this. Wow. I never dreamed that I would see this film 
you know, projected in this gorgeous way. And it was so great because Jeff Whipple from Gateway was Jeff the Whipple. Jeff the Whipple was here to hear it. And it was just, it was fun just because I think, and we were talking, like it's so important for emerging filmmakers, all filmmakers to be able to see their work presented in a real way. I can't even imagine what that must be like because their heart and their soul and their pocketbook, often their parents' pocketbook, is all in this. I mean, blood, sweat, and tears. And then to see it. In a state-of-the-art theater like this, yeah. wow, that has to be a kick. There's another Utah film I wanted to mention that was in the festival called, has the most amazing uh, title, called Aliens Abducted My Parents and Now I Feel Kind of Left Out. We're yeah. going to talk with Jake Van Wagen. Oh, you are? Coming awesome. up in a, and okay, we talked good. with uh, Austin yesterday. Yes. Because uh, I think they're doing a best-of-fest screening of it at the Eccles Theater in Park City. Um, which is great because it's such a big theater. And yeah. we showed a private screening of it here on Thursday, and it is so charming and great. So it'll be fun to talk so to. So you, you like this. You were telling us that this really is a, I think your term was charming movie. So charming. I loved it. Yeah, it was okay. great. So it'll be, and Jake is hilarious yeah. and fun. So it'll be fun to talk So to what him. are some of the other things you've uh, had your eye on and you've been hearing buzz? And are people liking being back and actually yeah. flying into Utah and enjoying some skiing and movies yeah. and everything else? It seemed like, I mean, I was up in Park City the first weekend and it definitely felt like we were back. I and mean, that was packed. I, yeah. I used to hear that the best time to go skiing was when the Sundance yes. Film Festival was here because <laughs> the slopes are empty. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone's here to see movies. So, you know, I think, yeah, the, I definitely think it was more, you know, pushed towards the first half. I think it's easier, definitely easier to see films the second half. So right. for everyone trying to, you know, couldn't get a ticket, this is a good time. I to remember do it. years ago we used to talk about it because a lot of people start flying out on the Friday and on the Saturday. And boy, Saturday afternoon. And even though still a lot of things are happening, a lot of things to be announced, winners and so on. But boy, and Sunday is just walk through yeah yeah so it's a good time for locals to see yeah films for sure and then they're showing a lot of the award winners today and tomorrow i think or just yeah, tomorrow i think so today and tomorrow yeah mostly in park city seems like uh, they haven't done a whole lot down here but yeah of, of you, you know we're going to talk uh, with larry and jeff and and blake more about this but kind of what the sundance film festival you know means to not only exhibitors but mm-hmm. well to filmmakers but the exhibitors as well, I, I would imagine, boy, you start seeing a festival trend, you see a Sundance win, and all of a sudden when that movie's been purchased and is now being distributed, an exhibitor has to be more likely to pick it up. I would assume. I mean, it's got sort of a proven quality to it. You see see how it plays with an audience. and I like how they brought back Coda this year as an <sighs> encore presentation, and a lot of the cast came back. Yeah. I think it was Thursday night. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Academy Award winning Best Picture. I, mean, I oh. know, I know. So cool for them because they only got the online screening last year. You know, we so. we now have a, a family friend, and it's through my daughter. She was taking an ASL course at uh, Slick, and uh, she was getting it for a, a degree for a, a language. And she met this young woman who just on the side will, will tend dogs. And their family is exactly this. They have a hearing daughter and two non-hearing parents, and we have gotten to know them. And CODA helped all of us. Yeah. And, and appreciation of what's going on here. It's amazing the effect of movies mm-hmm. and just the, the doors that that's opened. One of the award winners, uh, the Festival Favorite Award, 
went to Radical, and mm-hmm. the star of Radical is the music teacher from CODA. Right. Oh, wow. And I did get to see that one, and it is really, really good. I'm not surprised it got Festival Favorite. It's such a great movie. Yep. So what happens with the, the film festival now? You know, you've worked so hard, you know, building up to this, and, you know, throughout the year you guys are going nuts, you know, trying to make sure that everything's cool for filmmakers, uh, you know, trying to twist arms to come here and placating people and finding locations and so on. But when the festival comes, and it's it's a, an interesting high water mark for you know movies in in Utah, what happens now that the festival is coming to an end, and then getting ready for next year? How much of a role does the Utah Film Commission play in that? Well, we are the festival host state. That's I don't right. know if you knew that. It is I'd film. Heard that. It is happening right here in Utah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a little minor thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we you know we are definitely a big partner of Sundance Institutes and Sundance Film Festival and we start working pretty soon about you know what it's going to look like next year especially this year for next year because 2024 is the 100th anniversary of film in Utah and we are going mm. to be doing big events all year round starting with Sundance and so we're excited to think about you know how can we make a big splash next year the 100th anniversary of film in Utah yeah. so we're going back to 1924 so 1924 Covered Wagon wow. was the first full length film to be shot in Utah and so and, and it's also the 50th anniversary of the Film Commission so we're celebrating both milestones. Wow. There's a bunch of other really cool things happening. You know, is there a particular epicenter day for the the celebration? Because if there is, we're going to have to focus a movie show on it. Yeah, I think we're going to focus a lot of movie shows on it. Wow. Just letting you know. You got a year to prepare for a lot of film commission stuff that is really cool <laughs> jim dark might just be jim a, dark is on my yeah. is my advisor on this oh, and he's gonna really help you know we're gonna do a big exhibit at the gateway i mean sorry at the gateway at the uh, capitol yeah we're gonna be doing screenings with megaplex of kind of the iconic films that have been shot over the hundred years and there's some you know amazing things and Sundance obviously plays a big part of it they have a big stake in the movie business here in Utah it is amazing it was a couple of years ago and it was actually up at Fort Douglas at their little theater Mm -hmm. up there and uh, uh, along with Jim Dark and of course my friend Brad Westwood from Utah Film Culture uh, not Utah Films pardon me history and culture and so on I've known him for a long long time but they put together a series of movies you know that have Utah roots including Ramona you know, that was yeah. shot down in Zion yeah. National Park. Did they have a copy of that, oh, Ramona? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it exists. I think that's going to be they, the hardest part is just making sure we have copies of oh, these yeah. Finding these films. Yeah. Well, when you look at the tragedy of the loss of those films in that era when Utah was coming onto the map, everything from 1924 to about 1928, 27, of course, was the jazz singer. But, you know, what is it, 90% of those movies are just totally lost? I know. I hope not. But, yeah, yeah that's uh, one thing that we It's are. a frightening number, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Virginia, so. we're, we're – uh, they're, they're actually keeping me on the clock today. Can you believe that? Wow. They're expecting me to be a responsible broadcaster. Rude. And, and Have they I'm, met you? It is. <laughs> it's just flat rude. But I wanted to make sure we have time to thank you for, first of all, all the great things you do for film in the state of Utah. And you're such a great friend of the uh, the movie show. Oh, shucks. Oh, oh shucks. shucks. And, you know, I wish we had a big award to give yeah, you today. But instead, we got a donut. It's a fragile it's somewhere. It's right here. It's fragile. <laughs> exactly. So, 
You know, I hope you get a good night's sleep on uh, Monday and Tuesday nights. Yes, I know. Me too. I'm ready. Yeah. We're all. I'm sure we're all ready. <laughs> now, is there in the next what 24 hours? Is there something that is you just can't miss with Sundance? Well, the if you know for the locals out there, they are doing a series of best of fest screenings that I think start Sunday or Monday. If you Sunday. if you look on your look on the Sundance Institute website. Uh, there and those are free for Utah locals, and they're showing a lot of great, you know, crowd pleasing award really cool. winners. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm seeing. I'm going to squeeze a couple more in this weekend. That sounds great, yeah. Virginia. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for all us. you do for the movie show, and and thank you for bringing some of the great movies you have recently to Eureka. Yeah. I mean, we can actually say that now. I know. All right. All right. Virginia Pierce with us. She is the commish. It's always a delight to have her. We're going to talk more with. Uh, Jake Van Wagener is coming up next. The director of the very movie that the commission was talking about, locally made. We'll get the lowdown on that. We'll talk with our friends here at the Megaplex Theater more. and We're anticipating more conversations with Jeff the Whipple, Larry, and, of course, the Big Kahuna, all here on The Movie Show. The Movie Show. You probably think this world is a dream come true, but you're wrong. On KSL News Radio. The Movie Show, special edition of The Movie Show, coming to you from the Gateway Theaters, Megaplex Theaters, state-of-the-art, beautiful. Oh, the renovations here are just incredible. We've had the chance to celebrate KSL's 100th anniversary of broadcasting. Here, we were here during the renovation itself. We were here as we were celebrating the opening. And we've always been here. We've always been here. We're just, you know, they just dust like, us. and you know, still they, here. They vacuum around us and, you know, whatever. But what a, what a kick to be here today. And we have Phil. Filmmaker, we have the director of Aliens Abducted My Parents, and now I feel kind of left out yesterday. Do you know how to do do a title? I'm just curious. (laughs) I know. Yesterday, we talked with Austin Everett, screenwriter, and today we get to talk with the director and Jake Van Wagener. I'll tell you, everybody's raving about this film. We just had the Utah State Film Commissioner here with us, our friend Virginia Pierce. And the first thing out of her mouth after she sat down was, you know, this is a great little movie. Yeah, charming. And so charming, I think, was, was the word. So, hey, we got, we got to find out more. First of all, let's learn a little bit about you. Give us the lowdown on Jake Van Wagener. Well, first of all, thanks, you guys. I love this show, and, you know, I live in Utah, so I have the opportunity to tune into KSL, and so this is very fun for me. Um, I, so like I said, I live here in Utah. I started my career in this business as a production assistant, and I just kind of worked my way up from there. I was an assistant director, a first assistant director, and then a production manager and line producer. And then over the past few years, I've been working with BYU TV on some of their shows over there, like Show Off and Studio C as the the showrunner and director. And then I I just really, yes, it's so fun. And uh, I just really wanted to make a movie that people could watch all together, a movie that had some heart. And I think charm is like such a flattering word to use for it. And (laughs) so that's what we did. Well, I was noticing too. That uh, one one of Steve and I really really like this movie, the Saratov approach, and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at some of the others that you've been involved with. You know, once I was a beehive, which oh, yeah. we really got a kick out of that one, and <laughs> and there are others in your resume that we are fans of, and I'm dying to learn more. Uh, first of all, I love the title, and you know, Austin was telling us. That you know, he came up with the title first before there was ever a script, 
And I, mm-hmm. I thought, man, you know, I, I use this example. I said, you know, when Paul McCartney wrote yesterday, he had no idea what the lyrics were to be. He called it Scrambled Eggs. I don't think you'd ever be able to sell that song on Scrambled Eggs, but he sold it on Aliens Abducted My Parents and Now I Feel Kind of Left Out. What was it about yeah. that title that lured you in? Well, so, I, and I don't know how much Austin said about this, but basically I, I, I went to him and said, look, I want a movie that kind of feels like those 80s movies that we grew up with. And yeah. so I want it to have some adventure. I want it to have heart. I want it to be coming of age. I want it to be kind of heavy, like deal with real things. And so when he pitched me this title, it just felt so in line with all of that. And I didn't need to, I didn't blink. And I just said, let's do it. Okay, let's, please, let's do it. And so... I think it's just like, you know, it's it's the logline, the premise of the movie all in the title. And that was I, this is the first time I've ever heard a title and been like, yes, I am in. That's awesome. Well, it, it reeled us in, too. Yeah. You know, when we first heard, Virginia mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, you know, that she was looking forward to this. It had been shot in Utah. We were talking about the mm-hmm. things that had been shot here. And it just immediately got my attention, got Steve's attention. And I'm I'm very, very anxious to see it. It, it premiered <laughs> at the Broadway, I understand, just, uh, what, about a week ago. And then it'll be showing here at the Megaplex Gateway today. At uh, 1.30 p.m., what is it like to see one of your creations up not only on a big screen, but on a state-of-the-art, holy cow, big screen like they have here at Gateway? Yeah, that's actually, I mean, it's it's so fun. Because, you know, when we make the movie, we're editing on our computer screens. And then when we test the movie, we're watching it on, you know, other screens, maybe with a projector. But to go into the megaplexes, that was so fun. And and when we we had our sound designer that had, that mixed the movie and he watched it at a couple different places. And then when we went into the megaplex, he was like, okay, so just so you know, this is what it's supposed to sound like. <laughs> and we were like, no, yes, you nailed it. It was awesome. Isn't it amazing um, the just, difference the sound makes? It's incredible. Yeah. This house is pretty amazing. Oh, breathtaking. For sure. And I want to say, too, so we we have that screening today, which is sold out, unfortunately, but there's a wait list. But then also we just won a Best of Fest award for Sundance. And so they opened an additional screening tonight at 9 p.m. at the Eccles in Park City. And if you're a Utah resident, you can just go for free. So I think that's very fun as well. Well, we got to talk about that little thing you dropped, Best of Fest. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. So there's, you know, there's all of the Sundance awards and then and then they they take a few films that Sundance just really love and they they give them a best of fest award. So we are award winners at the Sundance Film Festival and we they gave us this additional screening which is so exciting for us. That is really cool. You know, for you know, a lot of times there are specific things, you know, best in this category, best. But I know a lot of people in, in everything, whether it's a car show, whether it's a movie festival, what, whatever it is, they love to get. And this is the equivalent, kind of like the People's Choice Award. I mean, the best of fest. For sure, that is, yeah. That is a really, really cool thing. Tell us about the making of the movie. You know, I, I love movies that are made in Utah. As we were talking with Virginia Pierce a few moments ago, you know, some t- things you can kind of nail down. You know, how many people were hired, how many dollars were actually spent and whatever. But the... The X factor, the unknown factor, the thing that is so incredible that, uh, sadly, I don't think a lot of people take into consideration is the wow value and the publicity value from a movie. For example, put the, put the value on having Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade 
having that open with the beautiful red rock of Arches National mm-hmm. Park, and down in the bottom, Steven Spielberg puts Utah. 1912. How in the world mm-hmm. do you put a price tag on the publicity value of that? So that's why I really appreciate movies being made in Utah. How did you select the sites? Well, so I live in a small town in Utah, and I knew, like, from, well, there's a couple factors. One was we know what our budget is, and we know what we, what we have to get done and the amount of time we have to get it done. And so really it was it was about going to these places that are small town because the movie takes place in a small town and Utah has such great options for these giant epic sweeping landscapes, but it also has some really good small towns that are very film friendly. And so we shot a lot in Camas and we shot a lot in echo and just all over summit County. And then we shot a lot in Heber and Midway in the mountains and really the, the, so we shot this movie also anamorphic, which means we have like these big wide open lenses that you can see the, the nice landscapes because we wanted to, one, capitalize on just how beautiful the landscape is, but also make our characters feel small in this, you know, this, this small town. Yeah. And so th- we, there was no going, we couldn't go wrong with anything we chose. It was just a matter of like, okay, how do we make this work logistically? And, you know, Utah is beautiful. So it was fairly easy to find the places we needed and then work backwards with the logistics. Well, you know, all those places you mentioned, you know, Camus and Echo oh, and Heber I, I and, picture them. and Midway. Although, shooting mm-hmm. in Midway, didn't you have to kind of elbow your way in with the Hallmark people? <laughs> That's funny because, yes, we actually did. On the day we shot up the canyon, we shot up at Wasatch State Park. As we were leaving, they were just getting started because it was a night <laughs> shoot for us. And so there was a huge, yeah, they had a huge circus, and we were passing them being like, oh, man, that's a big old footprint. <laughs> Jake, it's such a pleasure I to have, have you on the show. I have a question about distribution. Yeah. Do we yeah. have well, that's what I was going to ask, too, as a final question on that. What Has the film been purchased yet? We, uh, and Go ahead, Steve. Well, yeah, I do you have a distributor oh, yeah, go for ahead. it. Well, we are, so we have a sales agent and that's visit films and they're doing an amazing job there's there's a lot of conversations happening there's a lot of people that are excited about it and i think that i was a little you know going into this you're like oh i hope we sell in the first couple days but there were a few huge sales at sundance and then the rest are like you know they're coming in the next couple weeks and so we've got good we've got good conversations going on with people and and are just letting our breaths out just just relaxing a little bit and excited to see what happens as a matter of fact, we happen to have an exhibitor here with us by the name of Larry the Exhibitor from the <laughs> oh, he has the, oh same name. the Megaplex Theaters, and uh, let's let's hear it. Your thoughts? Oh, I was going to ask. So that should be on. Okay, Stone, which one is it? That one? I've got that cranked all the way up. Oh, maybe I there we need go. to move the mics. Oh, there that we might go. be okay. user error on my part. <laughs> I was going to ask the same question about distribution, too, so you asked it. But, uh, you know, we're always at Megaplex interested in supporting, especially local um, independent filmmakers. And so feel free to uh, reach out. I probably need to get you my contact information. We'd bring the film in. Um, prior to your distribution if you're interested in something like that. It's not always the way things are done, but we are always interested in that. So here's the bottom line, Jake. We know a guy. Have your people call our people. Yeah, have have your people call our people, and we'll call their people. And even Jeff the Whipple is chiming in on this. We're we're already getting questions from locals. 
asking how soon after the festival closes will Megaplex be showing this film. Hmm. So it, it's great news. There's there's a demand, hmm. which is exactly what you hope for coming out of a festival oh, like that's this. that's awesome. So yeah, the, totally. The, the feedback, the word on the buzz on the street is exactly coming from the marketing side of, of Megaplex. It, it's exactly what we hope filmmakers are doing which is generating some buzz for their film and the demand is is growing which is great and especially news. from a filmmaker that knows the market yeah. knows what does well here family content i mean it checks off all of our boxes and we have people yeah. already asking about your film so and definitely would be very interested and and back to our gardening show theme this is homegrown that's right this this is mm-hmm. organic this is how films get grown and grow in, and blossom into great wonderful projects in other words since this is usually the greenhouse time <laughs> the ground is fertile for your movie to grow wow, that was I, feel, I feel fertilizer everywhere <laughs> well yeah what kind of fertilizer is I was that steve use a play on fertilizer but i'll after my pineapple express comment I'll that's right the myself. pineapple express comment <laughs> yeah, you, take your you, might, you might be done jake have your people call our people we'll do lunch yeah for and, sure we will thank you guys so much and we'll be long to bust the table okay to jake, get our cut Get our cut. Jake, best of luck to you. Thank you so much for, first of all, listening to KSL and uh, being familiar with the movie show. Uh, We we love talking with our local filmmakers. And uh, best of luck with Aliens Abducted My Parents, and now I feel kind of left out. And I'm going to be one of those people lined up to buy tickets here at the Megaplex Theater when it's showing here, okay? Uh, Amazing. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much. And best of luck with Mm -hmm. this film. And best of fest. I mean, holy cow. Who says we're worthless? (laughs) Who said the movie show's not worth a dime? Right there. He's like, lots of people drop dimes on us, I know. But, you know, that's that's another story. All right, let's take a break, and we will be right back with more of the movie show. We're going to talk more with uh, folks from the Megaplex Theaters here at KSL News Radio. Back to Doug Wright, Steve Sales, and the KSL Movie Show. Oh, boy, this is a very special movie show. Coming to you from the Gateway Theaters in downtown Salt Lake City, the Megaplex Theaters, uh, just, you know, beautiful, brand new renovation. I, I'm trying to remember when, uh, Jeff, maybe you can chime in on this. When, when, when did it officially open after the renovation? I'm trying to remember. It was uh, October 7th of 2021. Okay, so. so yeah, we, yeah, we kicked off with. Was that James, James Bond? Bond? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. No time to die. That's right. We were here for the opening and all of the great stuff you had and all of the play on the names. <laughs> of you. When, when you went through a little uh, reception buffet back there, all of the things were named after James Bond movies. And oh, that's well, was it something to die for? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the desserts were no time to diet. And yeah, no oh, time to diet. It was, that's it was right. shameless. We were, I knew that was bump. you. I knew yes. that. And uh, no. Larry, we were, it was so cool of you guys to chime in while we had Jake on the line. And, you know, we, we love our local filmmakers. And ever since the beginning, you know, of the Megaplex Theater, now well over 20 years ago, you know, that's been a priority. You know, I remember Larry Miller telling us with all these screens, we're going to focus some of them on old movies. We're going to do classic movies. We're going to do local filmmakers and things like that. And that's been a real legacy a real important part of the Megaplex theaters. And to have you chime in and say, hey, let's let's do lunch. Let's make a deal. Basically. Absolutely. Yeah, let's make a deal right here on the movie show. That was very cool. Yeah, that was great. It's, it is. It's been one of our kind of prime directives from day one. It's one of my favorite parts because we get to display, put people on display that um, maybe don't get the chance uh, otherwise. And, and so, yeah, it's great to 
to talk to the filmmakers. That's one of the neat things about being involved with Sundance now is a lot of the filmmakers come to their screenings. They follow their movies around the festival. They want to get feedback. They're looking for distribution. And there's so many different avenues to get your movie into a movie theater. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's great to be more involved with that. Well, well, plus the distributor would look at those numbers and go, hey, let's let's hook up with these guys. Yeah, what is it that it, triggers yeah. you? You know, we talked to Jake, and boy, you guys jumped right in. But are there little, ooh, that's a good sign. Ooh, that's a good sign. That's a good sign to kind of pick up some of the less likely films. I mean, obviously, most of the feedback is going to come from either the uh, reception from the audience mm-hmm. or just the festival itself, whether it's winning Best of Fest awards or, right. you know, the like adding additional showings um, because there's such a demand for it. Those are, I mean, and they're probably obvious, but yeah, those are the things that perk up our ears that that's one we need to, to focus on. So. Right. You know, we were talking about this this movie, and we're all hooked on the title. Steve, you loved it when you heard it. You know I, what amazes me about it? No one has ever done a movie about, yay, let's get abducted. Yeah. It just seems to me like, huh. Yeah, after, you see fire in, after you see fire in the sky, you don't want to be abducted, <laughs> believe yeah. me. My son still has nightmares about that. We, oh, man. we went down to the gas station in Eureka when he was a little boy, and I rented that, and we, and we watched it, and he has been Ooh. horrified <laughs> aliens ever well, since. The way they... Oh, I know. And, was... you know, the old joke in the uh, Christopher uh, Guest movies, you know, probing, <laughs> you, that takes on a whole new meaning in that movie. But anyway, aliens abducted my parents, and now I feel kind of left out. That's an intriguing title. And you were just reminding us of some of the people that star in this movie. Jake mentioned one or two, and uh, Virginia mentioned a, a couple, but you've really looked into this. Yeah, I was... I was, I was... It's, I guess, how my mind works. I immediately start looking into what have other what other projects people have done, whether it's right. the directors or the writers, and the cast is is really neat. Um, I think everyone is familiar with the young actor Jacob Tremblay, done right. uh, done a lot of stuff, Room. nominated for Room. Um, yeah. uh, his sisters in this movie, Emma, um, she has quite an extensive uh, filmography herself. Will Forte's in it. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Mitchell, which is a name a lot of people might not recognize, but she was she's Mrs. Claus from the Santa Claus films. Yeah, and the and she was on Lost and a lot of other films. Yeah, when I you mean, showed the picture, bam, yeah, everybody right, knows yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. which is nice to see recognizable faces in some of these smaller sure. movies, especially when they're they're Utah homegrown that way. I right. mean, it shows the power of filmmaking here in Utah and how valuable that is. That that people uh, we we get recognizable. Uh, names, whether it's in the cast or behind the camera, that, that want to come and film here, and we're so supportive of that at Megaplex as well. So, well, and you look at some of the fine movies too. When we were talking to Jake, I mean, you talk about the Saratov approach, and you know the the fun little movie. Once I was a beehive, that was, and, a, that was adorable. You know, film. Just really, I, I, I thought Virginia used the perfect word. They're charming movies. Yes. And it's nice to be able to give them some legs and. and well, really Saratov might not have been charming, but well, <laughs> but you know, it was a good. That was a, it was a gritty little powerful. film. That's yeah. about as good as it gets. Yeah. I mean, that was a really, really yeah. And both good of those movie. films we played, and they did extremely well. So again, having filmmakers making films that know our market, it's just it makes so much sense uh, to to be partnered with them. Yeah, I'll watch anything Garrett Batty does. He's oh, he's a you know, director. we we are so fortunate to have such excellent local filmmakers we really do you know utah overperforms in everything whether it's our choirs whether it's our symphony whether it's our opera company ballet i mean it goes on and on and on and talk about overachieving for us the size of a state and everything else 
boy, our filmmakers, and especially when you look at the filmmaker and you look at the budget and then what they come up with, it's remarkable. That's something that's, I think, again, attractive to Utah is they can do so much more on a budget here than you can in other in other venues. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the arts in Utah, since I've lived here, that's what I came to, to learn about this state is, you know, the, the appreciation for the arts at every level is just off yeah. the charts and we're always exceeding. So Yeah, it, it truly is. We're going to have to take a break here in a second or two, but we've got so much more to talk about. And, you know, with these final days of the Sundance Film Festival, and yeah. I'd like to talk a little bit more about, you know, these local films and how they're marketed through a, an exhibitor and how you choose them and how, how difficult it is or isn't to get some film. So that's all coming up on this special edition of The Movie Show. We've got another hour to go. Stay with us here at KSL News Radio. It's the KSL Movie Show with Doug Wright and Steve Sales. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Doug Wright on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Steve, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but everybody was running around, you know, polishing the brass and, you know, putting out the red carpet, sweeping the floor and everything because. The big kahuna. Oh, is I here heard his fanfare music. With a, with the fanfare music. Well, well, that was outside. It was bagpipes and, you know, all kinds of it things. Was themed, it was Christmas themed. It was Christmas themed, of course. Blake Anderson has joined our motley crew today, and he is the big kahuna here at the Megaplex Theaters. Blake, it's so good to see you. So good to be here with you guys, and what a great opportunity. The Sundance, Sundance in downtown Salt Lake in this beautiful theater. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, as soon as I heard, you know, when Jeff let us know. I thought that, about time <laughs> you know i mean and it's the whole joint i mean the the whole venue here at the gateway megaplex theaters downtown salt lake city devoted and taken over by the sundance film festival but jeff was telling us a little earlier and maybe you guys can add in on this you know melding your two great crews you know the sundance folks and then your folks i like the story where they come in and go well maybe we ought to bring in some of our own stuff and then they look at your stuff and go no, we're good. We're going to throw our stuff away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We may, we may put ours on eBay now, but it's amazing. It's been fun. You know, uh, Larry and Julene, they have worked on this for a long time. I remember uh, right before, a couple years before the pandemic, I said, Larry, we got to get Sundance in our theaters again and, and bring it back. And it's been a long process, but they have been fabulous to work with. And our team did a, a tip-top job in making sure everything was just perfect. And, you know, to see these movies in heated luxury recliners with laser projection, state-of-the-art <laughs> Atmos sound. I mean, it's just, yeah. if, you, if you remember, you know, sitting in a library on a folding chair. Oh, absolutely. Right? You know, it's just a whole different experience. And I think, the, you know, the, the filmmakers, the directors, the actors, this is how they want their movies to be seen. <laughs> That's right. right? Well, and some so, of us even remember the... the <laughs> The blue mouse, where you kind of had to tiptoe around the mushrooms that were growing out of the carpet because of the Rocky Horror Picture Well, you show. could smell the uh, toast in the, in the rafters. Right. Yeah. You know, and we've never, I mean, we've never closed our theater for an event like this for this amount yeah. of time. And so to be closed for almost two full weeks and just do exclusive Sundance is new for us, but it's been... It's just been amazing. It's yeah, been it's, wonderful. We, we've heard, and Virginia and other people have mentioned, you know, in some of the interviews that we've had, you know, just for the, the small filmmaker to just realize that not only is their film going to be seen at a festival, not only is it going to be seen on a big screen, 
but it's being seen on the big screen. I mean, this place is absolutely amazing, but it's not just small filmmakers. You have hardened Hollywood types who have seen their pictures on, you know, all kinds of venues over the years, and they're sitting here in this theater just being blown away. It is amazing. I had the opportunity to see Blueback the other day, and to see those underwater shots on the, uh, you know, on those Australian reefs in Uh. that beautiful color that yeah. crystal clear with what that, that you get out of laser projection the deep blacks and blues with the brights and you know the the director of that film was here and he was just wowed just completely yeah. wowed it was it's really fun. well as you know i saw avatar at the prairie theater in ogallala nebraska <laughs> and uh, it it's about as old school and you're not kidding either right I isn't am, that where you went yeah I have one not, speaker in the middle of- <laughs> i'm not kidding you it's just a you know a half a tier above the ward movie you know from the old days yeah, yeah. and i am really looking forward to seeing it i still haven't seen it for a second time but i'm i'm thinking of uh, on my way down to eureka you know tapping into the Platinum X. That's got to be super. Platinum X is great, you know. And I I probably shouldn't say this, but I will because you guys will make me do something like this anyway. But, um, you know, Platinum X has been such a success for us at our Thanksgiving Point Theater that we have Uh committed to roll it out in Ogden. Really? Yes. We're going to be working on that this summer. It'll be debut this time this summer. We're going to completely convert Ogden to luxury seating and bring a Platinum X experience to the uh, Oh, how cool. Nice. That's, that's, a, yeah, that's the first time you heard about it, too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you know, I always didn't think I'm just going to throw it out there because they're going to force it out of me anyway. You know, so. he must be so excited about this because normally we have to kind of put yeah, the electrodes on and twist the arm. I and, am excited about this. I mean, I don't know if you have seen, uh, had a chance to go down to Thanksgiving Point to see it. Um, no, that, it's, a, it's a dual laser projector system. And it is just amazing. You should to see, see the, size those, the size of the projector. Yeah. It's like the size of a car. Really? I mean, yeah, to, to project well, how does it onto that to big the, of a screen. the big eye? Well, you know what? Uh, people, people ask me all the time, you know, how does HiMax and Platinum X compare? And I say, they don't. They're just the same. I mean, I, I don't have anything bad to say about IMAX. I love IMAX. But yeah. you won't notice the difference. Yeah. Only that... We have lasers, so it's a it's crisper. Wow, it's crisper. Yeah, but the the experience is very much the same. Yeah, how how amazing! I mean, I'm and plus I love Ogden. Yeah, and I remember the opening of that. It's my hometown. And, yeah. Oh, I re- I remember Larry just called me out. It was Larry Miller just called me out of the. We were doing a remote I broadcast, mm-hmm. and he called me out. And he's like, "Hey, come on up here!" And I'm, blah, 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 yeah. but, you know, and Matthew Godfrey was the mayor at the time, and he told the story that he just went and sat in Larry's office, yeah. <laughs> and he wouldn't move. Basically, yeah. I mean, really, Matt, uh, it was amazing. He, he, you know, he gets full credit for getting our theater there, but he really just said, "Larry, I need a megaplex to make this yeah. work." You remember it was the old site of the old downtown mall that That's had right, failed, yeah. and and he really needed something to vitalize that area to ground it yeah. yeah and larry said okay we'll do it yep. you yep. know and and it's it's just been a great site for us it, it was amazing that was the keystone to the renovation of that whole area mm-hmm. that and probably the lds temple mm-hmm. you know yeah. the renovation which came of, later which yeah. came later yeah. that's right <laughs> you plowed the way for, for that and there we go Ooh, I, well, like I don't know that. if i'll go that yeah, far that's right we'll lightning put that. might hit me here in just a second <laughs> shall but, we yeah. call that inspiration <laughs> <laughs> there's all kinds of things More we could call it. <laughs> there are people breaking out in the sweat right now. Yeah. Hey, let's take a brief break for just a moment, and we will come right back with more of the movie show today. We're coming to you from 
the amazing Gateway Megaplex Theaters, which is the epicenter of the Sundance Film Festival down here in the Valley. So let's take a break. We'll come right back with more. Movie reviews and Hollywood news. The KSL Movie Show. You know, while we have this uh, this panel with us, I mean, we have the, the big kahuna, the Megaplex Theater, the president. We have the, the person that books all of the movies. And you know, Jeff. he's taking all the fun out of it, too. We didn't have to twist his arm. I know. <laughs> Normally, we have to beat you up a little, or at least pretend to beat you up a little bit. But, I mean, the Platinum X is coming out of Ogden. So, in the tradition of trying to squirrel out all the information we possibly can, since you seem to be in a somewhat liberal oh. mood today... Oh. So what else is happening? Oh, boy. I thought if I threw that out. I no, could, no, no. You just, you just uh, chummed the waters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't. I really can't tell oh, you. Oh, sure you I can. can. T- I can tell you this. <laughs> yeah, sure just you pulling can. the mind. Some really exciting things are coming to Megaplex. And you're going to see in the next two to three years um, the, the venues at Megaplex are going to be something like no other. And that I'll just tease you. They with already that. are. Well, you just anybody wait. ever told you that? I sit in <laughs> weekly two, three-hour meetings to plan our future, the future for Megaplex, and um, you know the Miller family. Our CEO Steve Starks is very supportive of turning our venues into just amazing family entertainment centers, and it's going to be fun. Holy cow. Now, you know, I sit in some of these meetings, tease. too, and I might know some information. <laughs> okay, well, let's... I mean, uh, he's, bar- he's burying the lead, and I hope I'm okay saying this, but I was informed earlier this week that we have a very popular menu item returning to Megaplex yes, Theaters. Yes, we do. The quesadillas are back. Whoa! So, yeah, I didn't get the reaction I thought I might get. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I didn't hear I it. fainted. I don't know did about you, you. Did you hear anything about Eureka in there? Just, Not yet. You know, they're making more and more movies down there. I didn't say right where now. we're going. I oh. said we are going. So yeah. I have the on, title, though, on. for the for the, Eureka, the Perplex. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, the Microplex. <laughs> Microplex. Yeah. Microplex, I think. Hey, while we've got this kind of prestige here you know we were uh, going to run through just the the nominations and you know we're talking about the effect that sundance well, that's right. has. you guys bringing them back yeah yeah the sun sundance has a, a huge effect on what exhibitors will go for and you know gives you some information like you said larry the the festival winners you go well hey this is a good track record you know it's best of fest and this and this and this let's talk a little bit about and we'll we'll just hit the big ones here but let's let's start with big best picture, and uh, here are the nominees: All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, there you go. That's right, Elvis. <laughs> I, the head shaking movie. Yeah, when <laughs> we I was saw watching that one together, I know we I did. Think we both liked it, but did you expect the best picture out of it? No, but but I'll tell you, I you know you and I talked about it. I thought about it a lot, Me and every too. time somebody yeah. mentions it, I think about it more. Elvis, everything, everywhere, all at once, and I'm counting on you guys to do some splinning on that. So so I'll understand this movie. The Fablemans, Tar, a really interesting, strange movie. Top Gun Maverick, a Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Now, let, let's talk a little bit about that. What, first of all, what is your prediction? What would you like to see win? Well, I'll tell you, um, and you're, you're probably not going to like this, but um, I think everything, everywhere, all at once will win. I think it will win, too. I, I it's I won really everywhere do. else. Yeah. I agree. Um, and it's really interesting, and I don't, I, I don't claim to understand it, but I remember my 25-year-old son coming home, and he said, Dad, that movie is absolutely brilliant. And 
I thought, okay, so I, I better go see it. I've seen it three times. Yeah, so I went. <laughs> I took my wife. My wife, Sue, she she just was completely like, oh, what? You know, what? And <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I couldn't find the brilliance in it. Um, but now I've gone back again, and you know what? It is it is pretty cool. Yeah, I, th- there's some real, you know, it, there's so much going on in that movie, and it's designed to make you really kind of think and yeah. kind of make you think, what's going on here and what's the backstory here and so it does I, make you work does it does it, it really it does. does you can't just sit there and chill and eat popcorn in this movie you so if you blink you're missing a whole scene so that's right. the prediction and i agree with the prediction i think it will win too but what would your choice wouldn't be? it wouldn't it be fun to see top gun maverick <laughs> <Yes>. thank you <laughs> you know and i yeah. kind of felt bad that tom didn't get nominated i do too yeah i do yeah. too well he's an ep on the film so yeah. you know he oh, has as best picture you know he's going to be there and uh, right. jeff and i had a long conversation about it's really refreshing to see films that are the highest grossing therefore what the public seem to show their love for with their dollars like Avatar, like Top Gun, get nominated right. when for years the Oscars have been criticized for not including fan favorites. And so right. hopefully that will continue a trend with uh, with the Oscars. We're going with the 10 now. That makes it a little easier. Yeah, fill to the full 10. Yeah. You know, don't and, waste And I spots. like that, too, because there are so many wonderful films. And I like at least having that extends the honors out a little bit, although we still only, of course, have well, one winner. it was winner. getting scary. I mean, for years you'd look at the list of best pictures and nobody cared. Yeah, or nobody, had seen them. Or had seen them. I know. And so Triangle this, of Sadness. Anyone seen that movie? No. You know, it's no. weird. Yeah. So <laughs> this actually involves all of us that we can go, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that one. And it makes right. our Academy parties fun and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Larry, your choice and your prediction. You know, um, I'm doing this cold. I usually do a lot of Oscar prep as we get closer. And <laughs> he wins every and, year. And, uh, uh, yeah, we do an internal contest, and I, you know, I, I usually do well enough. I would, off the top of my head, uh, I would say that I, I think one of the front runners not picking the same that Blake picked would probably be Banshees of Inisherin. That yeah. one is up there. My of what I've seen because I haven't seen all of them yet. Um, of the, the one that I would love to see is Elvis. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really loved that. I think as much as Brendan Fraser is winning like awards like crazy, I would actually pick Austin Butler as my best, best actor uh, because I didn't watch Austin Butler play Elvis. I just watched Elvis. You know, and sadly, we've lost some family member, you know, a family member of the you know, Elvis's family, but she and others who knew Elvis are, are related to Elvis and so on. It's, uh, they're saying he's the guy. I hope he is. You know, he's the man. I mean, the, the research he put into that, and like Larry said, did you ever not think you were watching Elvis yeah. Presley? Well, as a matter of fact, on that the final end. scene where it morphs into the real Elvis, you go, am I, it, it, yep. yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, just, so let's go right to that category, best actor then. And, you know, we've got Austin Butler, we've got Colin Farrell, we've got Brendan Fraser, we've got uh, Paul Mescal, and we've got uh, Bill Nighy. And, you know, that was Bill a little Nighy, movie. Bill always great. You know, we, it, we reviewed that movie yesterday. And, by the way, Living, I mentioned, and I, I hope this is a good description, this is a movie at first you feel like you're getting the cold shoulder. You go, good grief, is this thing ever going to pick up? Then all of a sudden you kind of go, well, I'm cuddling up to it a little bit. And then you put the hand on the shoulder. Then all of a sudden you've, you've, you've got an embrace. Then you give it a great big hug at the end. 
don't give up on this movie in the first 20 minutes because it's worth staying for. Although nobody does stoic British better oh. than Bill Knight. Oh, Isn't yeah. he amazing? He's, he's yeah, amazing. He's great. In every, I'll go watch movies or, or projects just because he's in it. So who is going to win and who would you like to see win? For me, yeah. Uh, I, I, obviously, I, I, you know, I think the obvious win and who, who I hope will win is, is Butler. I, ju- I just, no. I just think both. I would have both. to give both votes on that one. Okay, Larry. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the front runners are are Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser. I, I would like to see Austin Butler. Yeah. I mean, Brendan I, sacrificed practically his life for that movie, yeah. right? I mean, to put on that much weight for a film, yeah. he did a really good job. But I still think Elvis. Yeah, I think yeah, I Colin Farrell. You know, well, he's dang good, and he is—he's what keeps you involved in that movie. And see, and I have a hard time with Colin Farrell and Brendan F- F- uh, uh, Gleason. 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 Yeah, I almost said Frazier uh, <laughs> as being co. Because, because you go, which one? You know, and yeah. it's kind of maybe a obvious with Colin Farrell, but you go, man, to have Gleason, you know. Well, what Colin did in that movie is he held back. You know, he, he let Gleason lead so much because his character was yeah. this kind of just this boring, submissive. submissive, and you could tell that he was acting, but he was holding back, and which is sometimes That's very hard for those guys to do. So the, the pick, choice, and the prediction is Austin Butler for Elvis. For me, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and let's go Best Actress then. This, this is a, a unique one. Because we have, you know, this, this, I haven't heard any buzz on Blonde at all, but we, we have, you it's know. a weird movie, but that's great That's the uh, lack of maybe playing in theaters and only playing yeah. on streaming. I'm, then we have Kate Blanchett, you know, and I, I just watched Tara. I got a screener on it. Kind of caught me off guard. There were parts of it I really liked. There were parts I'm going, what? And heartbreaking at the end. And then uh, Andrea uh, Risborough. Uh, to Leslie. That one came out of nowhere. And again, who in the world has no seen that, that movie? Yeah. Nobody. Right. You know? Yeah, no one knows that. And then we've got Michelle Williams, The Fablemans, and uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So let's. Is, uh, Viola Davis is not on that list. No. no. Let's, yeah, let's go prediction first there. and then choice with you. Larry. Prediction first and then choice. Oh, it's tough. I think um, my prediction is probably Kate Blanchett. I think, you know, mm. she. She um, she's the standout for me for that for for that film. I wasn't. I thought the film was okay. Uh, yeah, but she's she the reason. Just, to she's see the that reason movie. to see that movie. Right. The choice might be Michelle Yeoh, you know. And I, you know, if you talk to me in five minutes, I might reverse those. But yeah, yeah. Um, I would probably go with Michelle Yeoh first yeah. uh, as my choice. But I think she's going to win. So Blake, how about you? Uh, it's funny that that's exactly my prediction as well. I think it's down to those two. Uh, I I believe it will go to Michelle, uh, but Kate stands a very good chance. Yeah, I happen to think uh, the same thing. I think it's going to go to Michelle Yeoh. I agree. I mean, the, the things that she does in that movie, I mean, she plays like 20 different characters. Right. I mean, that's just got to be exhausting. I yes. mean, hot dog fingers aside, it's a very good movie. <laughs> you know, it's a Be careful after we just talked about the Banshee movie about talking about fingers. Oh, oh yeah. The pony. People are the shocked pony that scene. Jamie Lee Curtis is in that movie. Yeah, you know? yeah I was excited to see her that, that she got a supporting yeah. nod. Yeah. That's no, right. Yeah. Well, two actresses for supporting yeah. out of that, yeah. which is 
tough because they might split the vote. But, yeah, yeah, they, they really yeah. might. Uh, we're going to have to take a break here in a second. Dead Air Dave. Oh, by the way, Dead Air Dave, come on the line here for just a second. Uh-oh. You know, he did the movie show with us for so many years, he you did. know, kind of in, in the, the pilot kind house. Kind ruined and, it. You know. you know, sent us out into the, into the, <laughs> the cold. The, the... But he has triplet girls. Oh, wow. that's right. They both, they both oh. plus one. Let's <laughs> try to say they all thri- like thrice. like I have two twins. Thrice. He was and holding three fingers up so, and he went, they both? And they both. <laughs> count them. One, two, three. So name your girls and wish them a happy birthday, David. <clears throat> okay, we got Reagan, Kristen, and Karis. Best girls a dad could ever hope for. And three different cakes, and he's not sharing any with happy me unless birthday. I actually show up, which I can't. The record world of trouble. Doug was invited. <laughs> we'll have happy Jeff send him some movie girls. tickets. So happy birthday. Happy birthday. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Right. Get them some oh, there's Blake. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> it's their birthday. It's the world-famous KSL Movie Show on KSL News Radio. Ooh. Wow, that was hyper. World famous. <laughs> Man, we are making progress. As you my know? daughter would say, liar! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lie detectors went off around the world on that one. Hey, we've, you know, so we, we make sure we have time. Animated feature. I love animated movies. And Steve and I, this, this was a really good year. And one of them really caught me off guard. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio really caught me off guard. I honestly didn't think I was going to like it. I'd read a little press on it. Hey, I'd, I don't care if kids like it or not. I made it for me. I made it for adults. You know, it's, I went, oh, okay, what are we going to get? And if you'd had me bet on without seeing them, whether it would be the Tom Hanks Pinocchio or Guillermo's movie, I would have gone Tom Hanks. Oh, Talk about exactly. Well, Tom the Hanks opposite. is up for an award for that movie. Yeah, well, but he's also up for Razzies too. <laughs> that's yeah, what I mean. That's what you mean. But two of them, right? Two of them. Yeah. yeah, two Razzies. Yeah. But and then Puss in Boots. I, I'm really interested. You know, Steve and I have talked about this over and over. But for you guys, and especially from an exhibitor's point of view, let's talk about those two movies. I imagine Puss in Boots has made a little more money than Guillermo's movie. Uh, yeah, it did, and, and I think we were all. I don't know about you, Larry, but I, I was pleasantly surprised at Puss in Boots' success. You know, we knew it would do well, but I, I think when I say success, it's the legs of this movie. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's still playing well. It still does well. I've seen it three times. Uh, you know, and it's just because, you know, the kids want to go, the grandkids want to go, and 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 they, there's something in that for everyone. Yeah. My my two year old granddaughter sits there just loving the whole thing, and I'm laughing because I'm getting these little yeah. side jokes going on. <laughs> and it was very Shrekish. The you know, death wolf didn't bother her. It, she got her a little scared. You know, yeah. she, she she'll go scatty. You know that you know, and she'll sit for a minute, but then then it goes away. But. Yeah, yeah. You know, I it, sometimes as a grandfather, I have to realize I take second tier to the parents. Oh, for sure. And my son took my grandson, my grandson, to see Puss in Boots before I could. And I thought, no, that's the way it should be. That's yeah, the way it's, it should it's be. It's a hard fact, but you have to but face that. I he took his grandson to Lyle L. Crocodile, and he was cracking up when that oh, ralphed the, up. The, the favorite part on the, the way home, I go, okay, what would you like the most? And he goes, oh, when Lyle barfed up the cat. <laughs> he was know? sitting next to me, and he was like, 
I'm like, <laughs> takes after his grandpa. Yeah, I that got it. the biggest response out of my kids too. I think oh, yeah. it's the look on the cat's face <laughs> like because it's in attack mode, and I then know. through the air, it realizes I immediately regret this decision. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and Lyle isn't trying to eat the cat; he's just got his mouth open. <laughs> so uh, back to the to the animated film. So we have uh, you know some that I've never even heard of, but uh, we have Turning Red, The Sea Beast, Puss in Boots, Marcel, The Shell with shoes on, and then, of course, uh, you know, Pinocchio. So what's your prediction, and what's your favorite? Well, you know, this is a little guilty pleasure of our family, but Marcel the Shell is hilarious. <laughs> the, the cadre I was going to say, that's going to be the sneaker, uh, the sleeper one yeah, in there, because it had a real grassroots yeah. And the kind of tears thing. at the, yeah. oh, the yeah. sock drawer, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. I hope it's Puss in Boots, but I would not discount Marcel the Shell. Okay. How about for you, Larry? Yeah, I... Oh, it's tough because I I really liked Turning Red as well. I liked all of the uh, references to the boy bands and things like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I found all that hilarious. Um, I would probably oh, – it's so tough. Yeah, I mean, it's really – I'd have to pick between Marcel and Pinocchio. Yeah. But if I – if it was the one that I wanted to win, I'd go with Puss in Boots. Since we had some real interesting uh, supporting roles and some that are even arguable they should have been leading roles, let's talk about that. What, what are your predictions and what are your personal choices for, say, for example, Best Supporting Actress? What would it be? Would it be Angela Bassett, Black Panther? Uh, would it be Hong Chao, uh, The Whale? Would it be Carrie Condon, Banshees of Inna Sharon, Jamie Lee Curtis? For everything, everywhere, all at once. Stephanie, is it Sue? Shoe. Shoe. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. What would it be? And Blake, let's go first with you. You know, I, I'm going to go with Angela Bassett. I just thought, you know, when I saw Wakanda Forever, I just thought they'll never be able to make this work without the main character. How do no. you do that? Yeah. And um, I think, you know, the way she picked that up, the tribute and the... The emotion you felt. I mean, you really just, she just did an amazing She was job. just regal. Regal is yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. I, you know, powerful yet, you know, just committed. It was just, it was really cool. Do you think she will win? Wow. I, I don't know on that one. That, this, yeah. that whole category to me it's is. It's very stacked I, this year. Yeah, I can't imagine Jamie Lee Curtis will get it. It wasn't her best role ever, but maybe. Yeah. Plus the split between the, the two, know, two, yeah, two the supporting two, yeah. in the same movie. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Larry? I think I would go with the actors from The Whale. Um, I I loved yeah. her character, her performance. So Wasn't sincere, but funny, and um, yeah, just I thought her performance. Do you know where I, else I we saw her? In the menu, she was the one that says, "Oh, that's oh, right." Yeah. She says she's going she around to tacos, t- or I can't yeah. remember what the thing was. That she oh was my goodness! And plus, out. you know, the things that developed in the whale around that character, you find mm-hmm. out who she is and right. what the time Why? is. Yes, Why she yes. continues exactly. to go, feed well, him? Yeah, yes. what's the deal? Yeah. Is she just her next door neighbor? Is she yeah. the hospice care? What? Who is this person? Right. Then when you find out. Yeah, that's yeah. magic. Let's move on to uh, Best Supporting Actor. And, again, we've already talked about Brendan Gleeson uh, in the Banshees movie. And uh, Brian Henry in uh, Causeway, uh, Judd, Judd Hirsch. He was one of my favorite parts of the, the Fablemans. I wasn't the biggest fan of that movie, I have to admit. And Barry Keegan, uh, the Banshees of uh, Inna Sharon. And then uh, Ki Wei Kwan. I'm always afraid I'm mispronouncing those, and I'm afraid I just did. But everything, everywhere, all at once. What do you think? Well, 
I'm going to tell you my heart is I have to go with data and short round, you know, I mean, he, he deserves an Oscar, you know? (laughs) So, and I think he's, he's also very deserving for his performance in everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, you know, so I'll go with that, but you have another split vote with two from Banshees, um, in there. So that'll be tough on, I think those two actors, but I'm definitely going, going that way. Yeah. What about it? You know, I'm going to go with that. Uh, What Larry said as well. I'm not really impressed with that list. Uh, you know, it, mm. it seemed a little weak to me, um, but yeah, I, th- I think it'll probably be either everything all at once or, or Banshees. Yeah. Hey, let's take a break, and when we come back, I'd like to uh, kind of wrap up on a Sundance note and kind of what the future is with Sundance and the Megaplex theaters. Boy, talk about a marriage made in heaven. And uh, we'll also uh, we've got we've got a little interview we we did uh, on yesterday's show or last week's show it was last week's show where we uh, we talked with uh, one of the great individuals from the Sundance uh, organization and he really kind of got me when we were talking uh, or at least alluded to the fact that he's over preservation as well and so we'll be talking with uh, Mr. Nine I'm trying to remember his first John Nine there we go John Nine we had a great interview with him it's very short but I wanted to share that with you again so we'll end on a Sundance note when we come back here on the movie show coming to you from the Megaplex theaters here at Gateway the movie show it ain't about how hard you hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done on KSL News Radio. Let's uh, kick off this segment uh, with a little uh, note on Sundance here. And we had the opportunity, as I just mentioned a moment ago, John Nine joined us, and he is the uh, Sundance Senior Programmer. And uh, he's also, as I mentioned, over preservation. He promised he'd come back on the movie show and talk about the preservation program in and of itself. But my first question to uh, John Nine was basically just, and this was a week ago, give me an update on what we can expect at Sundance. People ask us, what are we most excited about in the festival? And, you know, we, we have to start with, well, we're excited to be back in Utah, you know, and, and seeing last night for day one uh, auditoriums full of, of uh, audiences, people, real people. Um, after having two virtual festivals, it was it was really um, energizing. And so, yeah, it's great. It's great to be back in person and uh, to feel the excitement of the room. You know, as much as we all love Park City, and everybody loves Park City, but it's fun to, again, have kind of an epicenter of the festival itself right in the heart of downtown Salt Lake City. We've been friends with the Megaplex Theaters for a long, long time. To have that gateway, the entire gateway theater, devoted to the Sundance Film Festival, that is very cool. Yeah, it was a big priority for us to to start thinking about how we expand the capacity for films in Salt Lake. And, um, you know, the Gateway is a perfect way of doing that. It's a great venue. It gives us a lot of flexibility with the screens. It's very convenient for people. And so we're excited to, um, you know, I think it it gives people a range of options as well, too. Like, you know, there's any number of film screening at the same time. There's a real diversity of the program. And so we feel like it's a perfect venue um, to kind of accommodate that diversity. And uh, we're we're hopeful that people are going to come out and, uh, and attend. As you look at the festival for this year, what do you anticipate? And you never know until it's it's in the record book. But what do you anticipate as being some of the real highlights this year? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is hard to know. And I think, you know, what's exciting to us, I, I would say, is the idea that those highlights 
are going to be a broad range of film. They're not going to be one kind of film. The, the program this year, and this is something that the programmers have talked about a lot, um, is just is really broad ranging. There are there are you know you would not be surprised that there are dramas. There's some fantastic performances, some really standout uh, performances from some some actors that people will know. Um, you know, uh, D- Daisy Ridley from the Star Wars trilogy is in a wonderful movie called Sometimes I Think About Dying in a very different role for her. Um, Eugenio Derbez, who people will know from the movie Coda, uh, is in a film called Radical. It, it's a phenomenal performance. So, you know, there are, there are performances that will stand out uh, in, in dramas, but then there are movies that are really pushing the boundaries of movies. We have, interestingly, um, you know, four movies that you would say are, are sort of quasi-science fiction movies, but they're very, they're really stretching that form. Um, you know, there was a movie that played last night called The Pod Generation, uh, which stars Amelia Clark and Chiwetel Ejiofor, and um, it's a kind of near-future world in which uh, couples can have a baby, um, not naturally, but through an artificial pod, right? The baby grows yeah. in the pod. So it's a science fiction premise, but it's a really funny, really romantic movie about a marriage, um, about technology, and about the way that it will at some point intrude into our life. We just really like the the you know the broadness of the program seeing science fiction seeing genre seeing these um really powerful directing voices i would say one other film we we really are curious to see how it uh, plays is a film called magazine dreams which is in our u.s competition featuring again a phenomenal performance um, from jonathan majors real physicality it's about a black uh, bodybuilder who's who's you know ambitious and wants to be um the best the world-class bodybuilder um but it kind of becomes a uh, a story about that ambition and about um being marginalized and um it's a you know it's a really formally striking film so you know these are these are some of the films uh and then of course documentaries always we have interestingly a lot of uh biographical documentaries uh we had a one in in day one last night uh, about the Indigo Girls. Another one about Little Richard. Um, and this was a this was a trend for sure. And I think it's a trend in the industry seeing a lot of films that are about you know biographical films about uh, people who you know were pioneering in some way. And and those have always been a, a good part of our program. Well, you know, it was such a, an interesting interview. I wanted to share it again, and I'm really looking forward to the conversation I alluded to where we talk about film preservation. Now, we have saved something, that, and Jeff V. Whipple has choreographed this, so it will suck up big time to the big kahuna of the Megaplex Theaters, and it's a non-loser telephone he torture. He did it again. Way to go, Jeff. He wow. did it again. Yeah. The number to call. That's surprise. I did not know that was coming. It's KSL Talk, 575-8255. Dead Air Dave is going to take, let's Luckily. just, we're going to go right to the phone line. Now, maybe we could just for a second give the microphone to, uh, to uh, Jeff so he can describe the fabulous prizes worth up to... So again, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure the, the greenhouse guys are going. What? So, Telephone torture? What's that? So we've we've got uh, we've got Valentine's Date Night on February 14th at, at three different Megaplex locations. So you can choose choose what you want to do there. But it takes care of Valentine's either at Jordan Commons, the District, or Valley Fair. Dinner for two, guys. This is a great get. Just it takes away the headache. 
Option number two is a double date night at our new Platinum X. Ooh. So you can do Valentine's with you and another couple. Am I eligible? And, and we'll do the popcorn and the drinks for, for four people there. Or, or we've got the regular Megaplex telephone torture prize, which is just a, a very nice date night. Movies, popcorn, drinks, the whole the whole works. And so we're going to have three wieners? Is that what I'm so, hearing? So we'll... In honor of Blake, we will we will not have a loser. They can choose any of those three prizes, and we'll take care of them. I mean, Blake actually almost comes to tears <laughs> when we call somebody a loser. So let's pass the microphone over to the Big Kahuna himself. This is a loserless telephone torture. I'm I'm not sure if the world's ever going to be the same again. Just you know, harm myself with these headphones. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do that every day. Okay, should, should we go to caller number one? Do it. Let's do it. And I really can't call this person a loser? You cannot call this person a loser. But you know what, Jeff? I didn't know it was going to cost that much. I thought oh, we'd give away popcorn oh, or something. Well, last time he said, boy, I wish I could give these guys a car. I remember that. I remember. Okay, hi. Oh, here we go. This is good prizes. Hi, who's on the line? This is Roger. Hey, how are you? Great. You know, now normally it's very rare that caller number one is a winner. Often they are a big loser. But because of the kindness, the generosity, and the sensitive spirit of the Big Kahuna at the Megaplex Theaters, you are a big fill-in-the-blank wiener. Wiener! Of you course are you are. so welcome. You are a big wiener. Now, which one are you going to go for? Date okay, night? The Valentine's. The pl- they're gonna, of Good course. Choice. He's going for Valentine's, Jeff. So, okay, Dead Air Dave, put him on hold. And Dead Air Dave's just freaking out because he can't hit (laughs) that that loser button. (laughs) He's just quaking because he's dying to play either Beck or the Patton loser theme. So, all right, put him on hold. That guy's a big wiener. Now let's go back to the phone line. Caller number two is on the line. And hi, who's this? Hello? Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Now, this is a loserless... Telephone torture. How does that make you feel? Hey, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. See how much people like this, it's, you guys. Oh. People like this. Yeah, but what about me? <laughs> what about Dead Air Dave? The what about yeah. Dave, you need to you need to queue up We Are the Champions. My my heart is shrinking three times. <laughs> oh there. there Dead Air go. Dave, he couldn't resist. But despite the fact that you just got back, you are not a loser. You are a big wiener. And which one are you gonna pick? Door number one, two, or three? Oh, I was. What, what was door number one and two and three again? Sorry. Well, well I'll, I'll just. We, we won't put numbers to them. We'll just call one date night. We'll call one Platinum X, and we'll call one the regular movie show prize. Oh, date night. Date night. Got it. Now let's very quickly go to caller number three. And hi, who's who's this? Randy. Randy, how are you? I'm excellent today. Well, you are a big. Wiener. Wiener. Of course you are. Now you're going to go for date night, Platinum X, or regular prize? Date night. Ooh, date night. You well, got it. just bought three, six three good choices, three most expensive choices. <laughs> That's right. And now who's breaking out in a sweat, right? Okay. We're going we're gonna to put you on hold. You have a very happy Valentine's Day here in a couple of weeks. Thanks to the generosity and the big heart. Of the Megaplex Theaters. Oh, there. Look at him smile. I'm so happy. I mean, normally. It's like Christmas in January. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, we we, I, we, we were going to talk. Future of, and I've only got a couple of seconds. Future 
of the Gateway Megaplex Theaters in Sundance. You're working on that for the next couple yeah, of years. We, uh, yeah, we've got a deal. We'll, be, we'll keep doing this. So okay. Come on out. Great. Hey, I thank you guys so much. You know, Jeff V. Whipple, uh, he takes such great care of us each and every week. And it's so much fun when we, Blake, uh, president, to have the president of this amazing theater chain with us. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Thank you for being here, guys. Oh, uh, we just love hanging out. And Larry, I mean, to talk I'm to, here too. to the guy. <laughs> that's right. The three amigos. The guy. Thank you so much. Much and to everybody, thank you for listening to this special edition of the Movie Show. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.